Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jules Pal World, Pal, Untitled Banter Pal World, Pal God World damn. Podcast. Let's go. God damn it, mate. You forced these <laughs> intros. So, like, I was thinking, like, there's going to be some clever word, but you are a paid writer, my friend. I expected you to be a scribe of some renown, and you came in and you're just like, Jules Pal, 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 Pal. You could have been like, Jules, me, Pal. How's your world I could have done. Going? That would have been a better start, but no. That would imply thinking it through more than the millisecond that it takes to hit the button and then just start talking to you. But I feel like it's worth saying that you're the only person on the planet that calls this i remember you telling yes. me like last year yes. the year before pal world's gonna be big pal yes. world's the thing that i'm looking forward to or curious about and then it's the biggest thing on the planet we're not gonna spend too long talking about it because it has been the entire week of the gaming very discourse. true very true but just where you are on the old pal world thing now that you're uh, you're correct about this i do you know what i'm kind of savoring this moment because very <laughs> rarely do i get to say that i was 100 right even though mm. when i look over the game itself i'm not actually that enamored with it i like <laughs> the concept of it's pokemon with guns but mm-hmm. i'm kind of over survival base building stuff at the moment i feel like that's been done to death but Mm -hmm. for what it is which is every game all much together it's a fantastic time and best of all it's making pokemon themselves start (laughs) sweating mates like they're over there at nintendo just going like (laughs) they, they actually want their games to have Content and Stable substance and variety. Oh, I don't know <laughs> about this one. I'm curious how um, how Pokemon takes it from here. Obviously, whatever the next Pokemon game is, is assumedly pretty far in development. Yeah. Um, there was a, a quote from uh, Andy Robinson over on VGC saying that internally he'd heard that the response to Scarlet and Violet, because it was such a horrific product, um, yeah. apparently they took it very seriously. They're aiming to do stuff a lot better uh, going forward. Uh, literally before we started recording, there was a report from Bloomberg uh, confirming the new Switch is coming later this year with an 8-inch LCD screen or whatever so it is. maybe that will be a feature Maybe that's the thing. That. that would be quite cool. Yeah, and it's like a nice thing to lead with. Um, we should go to a bunch of questions, though. I didn't say this is the Entitled Banter podcast. The oh, UBP, yes. The UBP. The UBP. The UBP. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Yeah, it's always a lovely time. We thought we'd get through as many questions as possible. First one from Stefan Moore, who says, has there been a game that has blown up an ungodly amount and you just can't understand the hype? Very much inspired by Pal World. Uh, for me, it's Fortnite. Uh, like I, I remember I, Fortnite. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because I, I do understand the hype because, again, it's colourful, it's chaotic, it's very engaging. It's mm. like jangling the keys right in front of your face and you can't ignore it. Like, it's fantastic. And as it comes to the actual mechanics, it's a very competent shooter. Mm-hmm. But I never got the hype because, well, one, I was afraid of losing myself to something like that because it is ridiculous 
ridiculously addictive. Like you look yep. at it and you think to yourself, wow, those gameplay loops are pretty good at hooking you right from the start. Mm-hmm. But also just because of the fact that I won't lie, I was put off by the amount of young kids that play that game. I was right. completely like swept up in the whole sort of Fortnite is for kids. I know it's not. I know there's tons of people like my age and older who Daniel play it Duke now. And can't get enough of it. Exactly, but it's the same time I just there is a uh, a mental divide between where I consider myself to be as a gamer versus that. Plus, if I'm honest, it's because I'm spending way too much time painting Warhammer, which again <laughs> is a thing that other people would look at and say that's a game for kids. But at the same time, it's a different thing. Different thing. Yeah, isn't a lovely, it? lovely time. I am. Um, I, I said when you mentioned Fortnite, I said, oh yeah, I remember Fortnite. What I meant was, I remember in 2017 when it dropped. I yeah. remember that weird version that launched that was meant to be that defend your base version, and then they oh, put yeah. that. They put that video up where they were just like, hey, we love PUBG, so we're doing our own Battle Royale. And then being like, well, that's <laughs> interesting. And then just that everything changed. And yeah. it's not like I didn't get it. I remember spending most of 2017 playing Fortnite. That was the one time I was into Fortnite. Um, but I'd never expected it to get so big that Epic would launch their own Epic Game Store off the back of it. And then, you know, Epic as they are today is because Fortnite sold so much and it's still going. Yeah. Um, like, And then now it's hoovered up everything. Like, I was just seeing all the, the memes of like Master Chief and Kratos and now Solid Snake's in there. And it's just like, as you know, I don't even know where it stops at this point. I kind of thought it would run out of momentum a few years well, ago. But it's that's just... the thing. It, because it's a collaborative force with every single thing, mm. like the events range from, like you say, Solid Snake appearing to Junji Ito getting his own like manga yeah. horror thing. Like it's, <laughs> There is nothing that cannot be grabbed by Fortnite at this mm-hmm. point. And it's kind of amazing because you actually get mashups of things you would never expect to see before. This goes way beyond the sort of Sonic and Mario rivalry from back mm. when we were kids. This mm. is like genuine companies that actually hate each other having to go head to head now. Like Konami putting um, Solid Snake in there and I'm sure that there's been a Death Stranding crossover at some point. Like, Oh God, if, maybe. And, and, and if not, so. then there should be one coming out be. when the new co- game comes out. There's going to be that sort of thing where like <laughs> they have technically met once more. The paths have been crossed even though oh those people do not want to be in the same room. Just put Hideo Kojima in Fortnite and then he can go around hugging Solid Snake oh, and ride them. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, but only if he has the taunt that says, kept you waiting, huh? Oh, yeah. Like, like... Did you see the Death Stranding 2 name leak, by the way? Uh, no, I did not. It's going to be called Death Stranding 2 on the beach. That's not true, <laughs> is it? Are you doing a gimmick? Is this no. your whole sloth to the deadliest animal thing? <laughs> wait a minute. Is it, I wait, guess we'll see how I, true I know it is. you guys can't see this for the audio listeners, but I am genuinely trying to suss out if Scott is doing a bit or not. Like, is that actually true? This is my version of the traitors. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a faithful. But um, no, the uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, it leaked earlier in the week. Apparently it's going to be called Death Stranding 2 on the beach. And it's going to be uh, revealed in the next couple of weeks. Because I, I guess... In that fiction, a beach is like a sort of weird parallel universe thing. Yeah, I, and loads I, of, oh, I remember the know. princess beach line as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just like, sure. Because, I mean, some of the earliest concept art that was leaked, like, I don't know, it would have been a couple of years ago now, showed like a Death Stranding submarine that was then in the <laughs> reveal trailer. Right, yeah. And so it seems like this is going to be some sort right. of like coastal... Okay. Ocean adventure. Okay, so what you're saying is, is that this to me is like finding out, like, you know when you go to the cinema and you see a trailer for a film and you're like, oh God, they have done something very weird with this. It's like, hey kids, are you ready for Death Stranding 2 on the beach? Whoa! And it's just like Hideo Kojima driving up in a dune buggy with like flames on the side. He's like, hop on in, bro. Let's catch some surf. That would be, I almost swore there, that would be effing incredible. Like if they just steered all the way into the absolute 
absolute beat. You know the bit in Death Stranding one where he like I don't know if you played as far as when you meet um a heart man. Yeah, yeah. And, and he has that little record scratch and then Norman Reedus just scratches it a little bit and then he runs off. And I was like, just steer into that energy where there's just a random record scratch or something. It's just like, chaos you know? from start yeah. to finish. So like uh, they'll probably be spending right now Hideo Kojima is getting his team like cracking the whip and making sure that they are getting the sandcastle building mini game physics down <laughs> like you know every individual grain of sand must be modeled oh, and God, accurately no, you put know what together. it is it's like you know that there are some games that have ridiculously um like in-depth and fascinatingly detailed fishing mini games they'll oh, probably yeah. do something with this that is just like far beyond I never even thought of that actually. But I, I, I don't know about you, but I love a good fishing. Just game. catch a whale, like yeah. just like pulling it in. Just that's why they're on the, the That's why they were all on the beach at the beginning of the first game, because <laughs> you kept on pulling them in, you idiot. I'm just like, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what the hell that game's going to be, but in theory, we're getting a reveal in a couple of weeks. There's all sorts of rumors that we're going to get a state of play for PlayStation, um, so maybe it'll be there. Um, Do you know but what? Yeah, that, we'll... that actually links back to the original question, though, of what game mm. blew up and you didn't understand the hype. I'm sure that there's plenty of people that didn't get Death Stranding, like because yeah. the reviews and the early hands-on impressions of that definitely painted it as like a walking simulator post-man apocalyptic pat or whatever it was called <laughs> and it's like that wouldn't appeal to a lot of people they no. would be like i want to play this because it's got the name brand recognition but i mm -hmm. don't get it well it didn't death stranding kind of fell off the sales charts like it, it, uh, it really i think it only really got to about number 30 in the uk charts in the first right. couple of weeks and then it started falling down and down like it is very much like a cult classic kind of thing or like a success over time but it didn't blow up like metal gear did God, that's bizarre because i felt like it was everywhere you couldn't avoid yeah. it you couldn't avoid talking that's about the, it that's a testament to sony's marketing and then kojima just be just being kojima like everyone's like oh my god the new kojima game i'll tell you but, i'll um, tell you who else is um going to suffer that same fate armored mm. core mate no oh, one, yeah. no one's talking about that game anymore like i kind of forgot that existed, everyone's like this is the best thing that from software's ever released this is like <laughs> bloodborne in mechs and it's like yeah but where is it now true i mean i think like across this year we should be getting the dlc for elden ring so that might spike oh. a bit of interest oh, overall. do not tempt me do not tempt <laughs> me mate don't tempt me, brother. Question from Trist, uh, Tristan Vetter, who says, Hello, good sirs. Now that Microsoft has unfortunately laid off 1,900 yeah, staff, yeah. can they keep up their good guy underdog image? Xbox may be in third position, but Microsoft is a $3 trillion company. Shame that this had to come after a great uh, direct last week. Yeah, this only broke last night when we are recording. I'm, but, I'm, um, again, I'm making a very confused face. Was mm. Microsoft ever considered the underdog? Surely. Not Microsoft, but I think during all the Activision acquisition stuff, right. like Phil Spencer and Xbox's whole like a whole way they navigated that was like we're just little old Xbox and we can't fight <laughs> PS5 and Nintendo. Little old Xbox, it's like <laughs> we just bought the biggest games publisher and developers uh, known to man, but we're just little little. little well, old that was the thing. They their whole thing <clears throat> during that entire legal process was like was literally just saying we're terrible at this. Like yeah, look how many exclusives yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, have, yeah. etc. Um, and then yeah, their whole thing was like this sort of you know we're just we just care about the gamers. We're just trying to make sure everybody can play Call of Duty anyway, don't worry about it. And um, a lot of that happened. And then obviously, yeah, like I'd like it only broke um, last night when we're recording this, but they've essentially laid off about 10% of their overall, yeah, um, yeah, you know, yeah. part of Microsoft gaming. I, I was yeah. just thinking as well, actually, you're totally right on how they've crafted that image because um, what was it? Was it Jim Ryan who was in charge of uh, PlayStation for yeah, during yeah. that period of time? Like there was a person that could not hate the player base more and just <laughs> see them as like uh, as cash, uh, little mm -hmm. piggy banks running around. So yeah, of course they look like the underdog compared to a literal black puddle of oil like that's very true 
Yeah, the, but the way that it's all shaken out where it was like this deal <clears throat> was supposed to be, you know, like a new lease on life for like Blizzard and Activision. And even like Mikey Barras left Blizzard, who I think is one of the founders, but he's yeah. definitely one of the veteran staff. Um, and it just, just seems like right now as we're recording this, it's in the uh, the aftermath of that decision. But a lot of devs just saying, I only just found out within like half an hour that I'm losing my entire team. It's it's really it's a shocking state that this is where we're at now, where we mm. are probably at the highest point of profitability <clears throat> the video game industry has ever been in. And we mm. are seeing the fewest people being there to actually run it. Like, yeah. I... I'm not saying that this is a l- like calling the doomsday bell for like a- the AI generation is going to come in mm. and take these people's jobs or anything. I don't. I'm not going down that route. But I do think that it's genuinely sad that clearly some bloated sales figures here and there, uh, projects spiraling out of like cost budgets and stuff like that, has likely caused these people their jobs. Yeah. And again, it goes back to what Scott and I always say: the customer should not foot your. Uh, the development bill but neither should the developers it's so sad you've got Microsoft mm-hmm. who should be one of the most stable companies in this entire industry seeing mm-hmm. as they are front and center of PC and PC gaming with their amazing uh, Xbox Game Pass service why mm-hmm. are we losing these jobs like yeah, what's, and what's it's going like, on the, the fact that like Insomniac lost people after Spider-Man that, that was broken AF yeah, as well like Sony yeah. are in this pool as well and obviously the Microsoft side of things um, it is interesting looking over at Nintendo because apparently they have um, they've had reduced CEO salaries ever since Satoru Iwata um, took a huge pay cut like about 10 years ago because the Wii U was such a failure apparently he um, notably reduced his wage yeah. to give it to the developers to keep them going and he had this great quote which I don't have on hand but it was a great quote about how um, people who are stressed out and worried about maintaining their jobs will never make great games no, of course not and how, could like, you, how could you this is meant to be a fun experience this is meant yeah. to be bringing dreams to life and if you're sitting there thinking I might not even get to the end of the month at the moment then mm-hmm. I wouldn't be looking at my computer screen with joy i'd be probably firing up a load of cvs to get ready yeah. to print out and i feel just, like why why isn't that approach being taken and admittedly i don't have the information to hand whether or not it actually has but why mm. haven't the the jim ryans and the phil spencers done the same to keep their staff going well that's the, the overall thing with like how can we have such a like last year was like this great year for gaming in terms of the the amount of games that came out the variety and everything else but anything that was bigger that sold it seems like the majority of that profit went straight to the top and not to the developers yeah, themselves that's a real shame and then they just go well why don't we just reduce the headcount anyway and then we can profit a bit more that way it just it seems very uh vulturous to make a word well if if you think about it like if you keep your cost down across the board there you've got some notable developers that have been sucked into the wider mass as cynical as this sounds there's always going to be new development houses that are making Mm. great games on a budget that is a fraction of the price of the AAA stuff and these people like microsoft playstation nintendo they're going to look at it and be like well we'll just buy you out it's actually cheaper to buy you out get your idea make a quick buck off of you and then just fold you into the mass to get you working on the AAA and then we'll just squirt you out whenever uh, it doesn't seem to be profitable Mm -hmm. they're just going to keep eating 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 eating. well that's the thing there's another comment from uh, Kuzo who sent in more layoffs in the industry are good because developers become free to work on in fresh games independently rather than sacrifice their energy to feed the soulless cash cows of your Halos, Fifas, etc. I don't necessarily agree with that one to one but I get the sentiment. They, they've got a point there. Like, I, yeah. like, I know that it's a, very, it's a very optimistic way of looking about it. Like if Scott and I lost our jobs tomorrow I don't think that we would be incredibly happy about the situation. No. But It might eventually work out but once, you've still yeah, got to deal with... Yeah. Once that settles and the hunger grows to try and actually like make money out of the thing that we're passionate about yeah, we probably would bounce back and look at it as a positive opportunity to do what we want to do Mm -hmm. but with developers it's 
where are where are the um what was it what's it called the things that they have uh oh, why have why have uh, the when you have a collecting of people that are governed by somebody like else a union? union my yes. god i should not have like <laughs> i should not <laughs> have taken that long to think of the word union like if there was things like that to protect them to move them into the right places to make sure that these people <clears throat> are kept in work to keep mm. doing what they do well then that would be at least something but i don't know if those avenues exist at the moment there there was i haven't been kept keeping up with the amount of different outlets that are reporting on this but there has been mention of various people who are in unions not being as affected as others okay. but at the same time like yeah on a long enough timeline you would hope that the people who are talented manage to go forward they make other studios um it's just the fact that this shouldn't have happened in the first place like you yeah. said it should be a, a safe place to work a reliable place to work you shouldn't be waking up in the morning realizing you and your entire team have been laid off like uh, blizzard's next game has been cancelled apparently they were making this big wide open survival game or something um and that's been cancelled entirely and then that entire team has either been uh, displaced or let go with them like i said with mikey barra leaving so it's like you do have that reality of like imagine just losing your job and the amount of things that you yeah. were relying on money wise like inflation sky high like it it sucks like on a long enough timeline there's there's the hope that that thing works out but a lot of people are already tweeting about like well now i can't afford my medication i was going to get later in the month like you're, yeah. ba- you're basically looking at maybe the the money going to like 50 people at the top who are just yeah. like claiming such incredibly like large bonuses that make your eyes water mm-hmm. why can't somebody up there just go like oh there's a shred of humanity left in me maybe i should i can go without buying a second island to this year well, that's maybe the thing like, like- and the amount of money that um, Bobby Kodak had, and obviously when he was on the way out after oh, everything that he's done, that he probably got as well, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, it, it's a tale as old as time in terms of the people at the top hoovering up the most money, but I feel like it's so brazen right yeah. now, maybe because of just the sheer spotlight that's on all of it because of social media and the conversations that happen, and everyone can get out there and tell their story. But it's just, it's more brazenly, nakedly ridiculous than it's ever been. And especially when it's this many people being affected on a week-to-week basis. Like, you know, it was over 10,000 people lost their jobs last year, apparently over five thousand people have lost their jobs so far this year and we're only at the end of the first month like it's crazy yeah it's it's a real real shame and you know like if 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 anyone who is listening to this podcast is in this situation like my heart goes out to you because Mm. it's just it is a genuine shame and i Mm -hmm. wish that there was more things in place to prevent this from happening in the first place um Mm -hmm. also like sad Please reach out. Like, my DMs are open anyway, but you can always, like, comment on stuff. We'll put another question tweet out next week. But um, if you want any stories told, like, please feel free to reach out. We'll yeah. happily know more about the reality of what's going on. Yeah, I um, like because Scott and I always, like, uh, campaign for transparency within the industry. So if there yeah. is something going on, if there's any nefarious stuff, or even if you want to just talk about the good times that you had there and how much you miss it, then please, yeah, reach out. I'd love mm-hmm. to actually hear about it. Yeah, it would genuinely be an honor to hear from people who are, like, uh, across the industry. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, Question from Pinky who says, what say you to the news that our beloved childhood friend Sega wants to charge extra for access to New Game Plus in Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth? Feels like another major studio taking the first step and hoping to set a bad precedent. I know, man. That is a really stinky practice. And hello, Pinky, by the way. (laughs) Hope you're well. Oi, oi. Yeah, the way that this is rolled out, um, the game's out today, there wasn't that much backlash overall. There was initial sort of thing of going like, okay, the idea of the New Game Plus is tucked in the Master Vocation DLC bundle, which is like $15 mm-hmm. extra um, on top of the base game. So um, they didn't really get that much ire because it was kind of swept up in the, the PAL world discourse or yeah. whatever. Um, and now the game is out where like, if I haven't actually looked because today's launch day. I've not looked at the trophies and seen if any trophies or achievements are fundamentally reliant on well, spending more money. The, mo- the moment that a new game plus mode adds in an iota of extra content this becomes a horrible business practice Mm. because that is just punishing your most diehard fans the most Mm. like i know that there are very few games that i even want to go through on a new game plus once i've done them because most of the time i feel like i've seen it all and done it all Mm -hmm. but if they're if why punish the people that are there day one wanting to go through and play your game more surely you should be rewarding them for actually sticking with your game more than anyone else mm-hmm. well yeah exactly and it's like that i feel like over the years like i was thinking about all the like over the top money grubby monetization things yeah. that we've had i remember the debate on day one dlc the idea of like it's already yeah. on the disc why are we paying for it yeah. and then obviously microtransactions nfts yeah. whatever and i'm just like at this point you know that meme where it was like modern gaming is like a burger that's all separated yeah like, yeah and you pay like, for every single thing cheese yeah. yeah and i was like is this just an, another attempt at that is it well what part of this can we segment off and then charge separately for well, i guess we'll do it for new game plus this going in hand in hand with other companies saying that video games should be a hundred pound uh, experience <laughs> now and it's just they're like are you actually kidding you mm-hmm. are looking at countries that are going through severe economic turmoil right now where people can't afford to keep their heating on or their lights on over the mm-hmm. winter and you're now saying that if they want to try and have a small bit of escape which everyone has the right to do that mm-hmm. you're going to now charge them upwards of a hundred pounds and then more if they want to play the game again like <laughs> like i don't want to oh, swear God. here but are you effing mad like, <laughs> like when you put it like that it is insane like yeah. the state of the industry in 2024 the fact that even that conversation the fact that even that's a, a potential permutable reality like is ludicrous because um, that relies on um, or that relates to the Rockstar stuff them saying that you could well not them but analysts saying yeah. you probably could charge £100 $100 for GTA 6 and people would pay it um, but I'm always like 
having been in this industry for over 10 years and having, you know, interacted with various businesses and different uh, economies of scale and everything else, you just look at it and go like, do you guys at the top really get that much out of just the numbers going up? Like, that's all it ever is. It's just nebulous growth. It it's doesn't just, mean anything. It's just, the, it's the problem with capitalism, man. It's like, if you're not yeah. getting profits that are bigger than last year, you're considered to be a failure, which is just utter bollocks because you look at it and you think okay we made 90 million pounds profit this year let's chase for 91 million no let's well, there's still 90 million pounds above your operating cost that you do not need like like just chill just chill it's out just like, it's a fundamental thing about the way that i'm wired as a human being where i just i can't get anything out of look at that numbers higher i just yeah. it doesn't mean anything like i forget the name of the person who wrote about the happiness index and the idea that once you make a, a certain wage in the uk it's about forty-five thousand pounds once you're over that there's not that much more that can change in your life yeah. you can't afford that much more stuff like just aim for that at the absolute most and just be happy about it i don't know why that's so alien you've always got to go bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah. stretch it thinner and oh my god like i don't know like i said it's, it's something about the way that i'm wired but i'm just make enough money to be happy and then grant other yeah. people's happiness well, with your your, your most valuable money. resource is time isn't it it's yeah. like you only have a finite amount of it and if companies are standing there and brazenly telling you that they're going to charge you a hundred pounds for the experience plus 15 quid to play through the game again just break that down in what cost of time that's going to be for you mm. to earn that amount of money think about it is that going to be a week's worth of work is that going to be a few days is it going to be a few hours worth of work it all depends on that and then that's going to give you an internal budget of what that experience is worth to you mm -hmm. and i mm -hmm. think that they are taking the utter piss because the <laughs> amount of people that would say that's a fair chunk of my work week to buy one game of which mm -hmm. there are 15 of them releasing this week alone it's yeah. just madness and that whole idea of like oh we want to make it so you buy one game and then we monetize the hell out of it across yeah. the year like a fifa or a gta or whatever it is um at least to me is almost fundamentally antithetical to the idea of an art form like i don't i don't i wouldn't want in painting i wouldn't want one painting a year and we no. just overanalyze it for a whole year i just but, but I do, know do you know what the most insane thing about this entire practice is is that it's like as much as there's a, these companies trying to introduce the money grubbing tactics and waiting for it to catch on all it would really take is for one triple a publisher kind of like how Larian Studios did when they came out with Baldur's Gate 3 and basically said this is the standard that is being set and everyone was like for a while they were like mm. oh crap oh crap, we actually need to t be accountable for the quality of our games now. Mm -hmm. There needs to be somebody who just stands up there who does an annualized franchise uh, thing like your FIFAs, whatever, and just says, we are not releasing a game next year. We're keeping the other game that we just released this year, but we're updating it. So legacy content, they would make so much more money in oh, the yeah. long run because they would be supporting and rewarding the fans because they'd mm -hmm. be like, oh, well, I don't have to pay 70 quid for the new FIFA. I'll spend 70 plus pounds just on microtransactions on this. You get the same money from them. So well, just, that was just let, let, oh, just be just <laughs> just look at your games like if you're going to try the games as a live service try it with something that has already established itself to be such a big part of somebody's life and make yeah, it cheaper you're for them like, like bits of that with um, the Call of Duty approach like Modern Warfare 3 started as DLC for Modern Warfare 2 yes. before they bulked it out because yeah. they always want the unit cost they always want the £70 unit cost mm. that's always going to make more than the individual microtransaction or the assumption of it is anyway um, but that's kind of that whole push towards live services in terms of Assassin's Creed as a platform and going forward apparently yeah. COD's going to be more of a platform uh, Call of Duty HQ or whatever it's called 
Um, but yeah, like that's kind of something that is, is meant to be happening with Call of Duty and kind of happened a bit with the WWE 2K games where yep. they relaxed how often they were putting them out. But it's just like, yeah, my ultimate thing is just how much do you need to make, you know, to be satisfied yeah, by this? I, yeah. I absolutely get that that's a reductionist thing if you actually factor in the reality of paying people's wages and how much people want to be paid over time. But at some point, the amount of money being made at the very top does seem ludicrous, but, does do- seem... You know what's going to happen, though, is that maybe there is one shining silver lining to this cloud, as it were, which is that people will look at the AAA space. They will be more critical of what they're spending their money on. And maybe they'll take that £100 that they're being asked to pay for these games in the future and go, and actually, I could get four to five indie games, support Mm. them, bring them up, pay those developers, make sure that that is supporting the true artists and individuals who are working hard at crafting something unique in the Mm -hmm. AAA, sorry, the AA and below tier. And it's like, that's maybe the only thing that could come out of this. Well, my thing, yeah, my other thing is that that's what I want. I I want a healthier industry where um, they spend less money on more games. Like, you know, and I want the, however you make that work, you can reduce the level of fidelity on the character models. I don't really care. Less cutscenes, whatever it is. Things like Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, where it's gameplay forward, where it's it's a very, very solid, super satisfying Metroidvania, um, and it seems to have sold well enough. Like, it doesn't need to sell 7 million copies in the first weekend to, you know, to recoup its budget like Spidey 2 did. Um, To me, that's a much healthier industry and I would then allow um, you know Ubisoft Montreal to go off and make something else without being tethered to this thing yeah, that they don't want to do exactly and it's like you look at the message that they put out on their uh, Twitter which was like mm. uh, thank you very much for the support well, we've see, received overwhelming uh, critical praise and uh, there's people that are following this and you've made our job uh, all the better for supporting us I don't see that same message coming out every time that a full-blown uh, Assassin's Creed drops because they constantly are just they're like, <laughs> well, they haven't made a X billion back, so it's a failure. It's a failure. Yeah, and there's all those like apology.jpg things. I remember the, another response to that Prince of Persia tweet was like, usually we see these kind of graphics as an apology, yeah. saying the game's being shut down, yeah. or apologies, it's broken, or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, the Prince of Persia game is just an actual video game that's yeah. really polished and great, and it's completely feature complete. And surprisingly like, enough, just... that's what people like. <laughs> what a what a what a shocker! Eh? What a <laughs> shocker we've only had uh, let me just check my watch oh yes yeah, since the uh, early 80s uh, to learn this <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing it always dovetails away from that and just comes back to the idea of just a video game which is the power world thing that game plays yeah. well enough yeah. it's a bunch of satisfying mechanics um, you can argue the artistry side of it but at least it plays well mm-hmm. um, question from Jacob Sawyer who says do publishers rely on surprise reveals to sell more units or do you think if they allowed devs to be more open during development they could potentially sell more so it, do you mean surprise reveals as in like uh, you go to E3 there's a trailer that drops and then it goes it's out this year sort of thing and then they go Assumedly. into the, the pre-orders um, I think that because like shadow, that shadow dropping doesn't tend to uh, generate good sales no I think but also like for me like the, the side of this that I picked up on was like you, the industry is so buttoned up like yeah. everyone is NDA'd no one can talk about something until a specific day as opposed to I, I always champion like the work that Daniel Dwyer does with Noclip yeah. um, or uh, you know stuff like the Double Fine how the Double Fine adventure game, uh, documentaries or indie game the movie mm-hmm. or whatever it is um, I would love to watch the development of a game week by week month by month um, I get that that might be too much for the developers themselves to have to come and sit down and tell me what they're up to or whatever it is um, but I do think the industry is overdue a spotlight on the creation of games overall if not yeah. only to just help consumers understand the reality of what's going into stuff well, what's interesting is that I use uh, the new skate game as a good example mm-hmm. of how that's done right because they actually just show the game in whatever form it's in at that point they just said there's a lot of work still to be done on it but we're getting there we're starting to do betas we're starting to roll out sort of like testing things now and it's great and I am mm-hmm. more hyped for that game than I could have ever possibly been 
scene with just a teaser trailer and then just waiting for it because the fear grows of whether or not this game will be in a runnable state when it when it launches whereas because i've seen what state it's in i'm like well every every step is a step forward with this mm. and i feel mm -hmm. much more connected to the experience than i would have done before so that's pretty much got a guaranteed sale out of me by them being like it's not where we want it to be but we're bloody trying we're really, really yeah trying. I, I appreciate the honesty side of it i think as well like we me and you like i mean a lot of people listening to this will obviously remember the era where specific creators were spotlighted more like the hideo kojimas the yeah. levines whoever it is um you don't necessarily get that very much now it's more the company um it's more like oh it's, an, it's the new nintendo game like asia numa gets mentioned in regards mm -hmm. to zelda and shigeru miyamoto in regards to mario yeah. but like it's not like you know who, who's responsible for the the lead vision of splatoon like for the most part yeah. it's not really there yeah um and so like i would kind of there was the other side of that coin which was we put too much stock in saying oh Hideo Kojima made this as opposed to 300 people made this and yeah. he, he guided some parts of it but I do think that um, you know accreditation is like a big deal and it's good to um, to spotlight art like art teams coding teams like just look at the reality of turning ones and zeros into the things you love like that's just yeah. such a cool thing I wonder if they don't do that so much anymore because they're afraid that they will basically go oh well I don't need the company now I can go off and do my own thing it was like Maybe. a uh, there was like a behind the scenes thing with a uh, Warhammer of all things recently where like presenters weren't allowed to pr promote themselves so eventually mm. they were just like well we're just going to go somewhere where we can so it's just like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah it, it might be the same sort of thing if like if you put one of these developers in front of the spotlight they become famous for these dev diaries they might just go like right cool the game's launched and i'm right. gonna go too because now i can uh, launch my own company i wonder about expectation as well because i think the the potential of the side of it is that you get consumers seeing in progress versions of something like when gta 6 leaked a couple of years ago yeah. and they go like well that's exactly what i want and then over the course of a game being put together maybe levels get scrapped and ideas get scrapped and um, it would definitely be getting consumers or the public in general comfortable with the knowledge that things could be cut and moved around mm -hmm. um i think for the most part if people you know when um i always think about when the last jedi started filming and it was they showed like day one of filming they were all standing on the island yeah. in island and they uh showed that this is the beginning of filming if they then tracked that week to week month to month okay we're ditching this plot line we're going to go with this i just wonder whether people would be okay with that or not i would because i would find the process fascinating and i couldn't wait to see what you've actually gone with yeah. on, on launch day but I don't know if the average person wants that or they get hung up on something well, that, too much that, that, you've brought up a good point there because recently there's been new adverts coming out for the Dune sequel and mm. um, it's weird because like it, the footage shows like 30, 10 seconds of like actual footage from the film and then the adverts that I've seen has cut to Timothy Chal Chalamet just being like yeah it's great to be back on the set of Dune 2 I'm so excited mm. to be doing this and it's like it's so weird because he's not in like a suit or anything he's in his character's like <laughs> costume right. just chatting to the camera and I'm like I don't know if I want this because <laughs> it's it's weird with games. With games, mm -hmm. I want to see everything. With films, I'm just kind of like, oh no, I, I'm here to have the escapism. Like I don't I don't want right. to see this. It's weird. Yeah, weird. I, I think like the the for the most part, like the NDA approach, the whole like shock reveal thing has worked. Mm -hmm. Like in previous generations, it's just that now game um, development cycles are so much longer, and yeah. are, it's so much more volatile. And entire projects get swept off the table, like with the Blizzard thing, um, where I guess they don't want to mention X number of things as in production because it might not even get to the finish line. Yeah, true. Um, you're almost, getting, the minute with, like, you're you almost getting people's off. hopes up, aren't you? And then it's just being like, right, well, that game isn't actually coming out. Yeah, and a lot of people treat that as like a promise. You know, they use the phraseology of like, oh, they promised this. And it's like, well, unless they specifically yeah, vocally yeah. said, we promised to give you this, they didn't promise anything. They're just showing you a potential of what it'll eventually be. Yeah. Um, and a lot of trailers and marketing is for shareholders and budgets anyway. So there's, it's just a weird thorny issue. But ultimately for the question, um, <laughs> I'd want to believe yes, that if, yeah. they, if there was more spotlight on the industry overall, it would be healthier. Um, but a lot more components would have to line up. Definitely. Um,
Anyway, this has been the Untitled Banter Podcast. The UBP, the UBP, the, the UBP. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. Any time, we'll put a question out next week for various things you would like us to talk about. And yes, any developer stories, anyone in the industry whatsoever who'd love to reach out, please do. For now, thank you all very much for sending in your questions, and we'll catch you very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Didn't say the Twitter handles, but they'll find <laughs> okay. well, they, they, they know where we are. They know where we are. <laughs>